No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 21 where David rejoices in God's strength and salvation shown to him as the anointed king of Israel. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Psalm 20 was a song of soldiers getting ready to go to battle. Psalm 21 is considered by many to be the victory chant after the battle. Like so many of the Psalms, there is a messianic meaning. David is looking forward to the ultimate victory of Christ over all his enemies and their everlasting destruction. In these messianic Psalms, there are three lines of interpretation. First, there is the actual experience of the author, in this case, David. Second, there is the prophetic fulfillment in the Messiah. Third, there is the application for us personally, because if we suffer with Christ, the Bible says we will also be glorified together with him. Psalm 21, the king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. Pause. Think about it, okay? So it begins with just this psalm of rejoicing. First off, he says, the king shall have joy in your strength. David had experienced great joy in the Lord's strength from the time he was a shepherd watching his father's flock. You'll recall that when he went out to bring some cheese and bread to his his brothers there that were on the battlefield against Goliath, the great Philistine champion, that when David saw Goliath and heard him make these terrible boasts, that David went to Saul and said, look, I'll take care of that guy for you. And Saul said, but you're just a boy. But David said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David had seen God bring him strength over the enemy from that time forward and use that to see that God is always going to continue to bring him strength and he rejoiced in that. Second, David rejoiced in God's salvation. For now, as king of Israel, David had seen the Lord deliver him from countless enemies. We should also rejoice in our salvation because it's a never-ending wellspring of joy. Whatever problems we may presently face, we can rejoice that our eternal address has been changed. We are not going to hell. Our names are written in heaven, and we can rejoice in his wonderful salvation. Third, David says, you have given him his heart's desire. David wrote in Psalm 37, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
So David delighted himself in the fact that God had blessed him with his heart's desires. You see, when you delight yourself in the Lord's presence, then he puts good desires in your heart so that he can fulfill them. And when he does, well, it brings you fullness of joy. So has God given you a good desire? Well, then pray, ask God to fulfill it, and he will do that in his time. Verse 3, for you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life from you, and you gave it to him, length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him, for you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. So here David is just recounting all the blessings that have come upon the king. First, he says, you meet him with the blessings of goodness. Now, when we get to the 23rd Psalm, we will see that David writes, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Here, he says that the king is met with blessings of goodness. So God's goodness is both behind him and before him. You could say that he is surrounded by the goodness of God. Now, God's blessings may not always seem pleasant at the time because God does allow afflictions in the lives of his loved ones. Just look at Jesus. But they will always ultimately work out for the good because God is working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Then David says, you set a crown of pure gold upon his head. While a shepherd boy, David was anointed with oil to be king. Many years passed, and now he was crowned with a crown of gold. What God had promised through the anointing of oil, he had now fulfilled through the crowning of gold. He asked life from you, and you gave it to him length of days forever and ever. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have given them life that they may have it more abundantly. The life Jesus gives us is both abundant and eternal. Next, his glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. David gloried in both the salvation he had received and the honor and majesty God had given him. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. You know, the more that I walk with the Lord, the more thankful I am for his presence. In fact, so often I will just begin my prayers, Father, thank you for your presence. David said that in his presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. And I have just been experiencing a wonderful time of worship whenever we meet together on Sundays and we can worship together. I think especially since the whole coronavirus thing, you know, being able to come together and worship the Lord and experience the joy of the Lord in his presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. David knew that it was because of God's mercy. God had established him as king, and he would not be shaken from his post. Then in verse 8, David looks at what God was going to do to his enemies. Your hand will find all your enemies. 
Your right hand will find those who hate you. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men. For they intended evil against you. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. Therefore you will make them turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on your string toward their faces. So first he says, your hand will find all your enemies. Now we could ask, to where will the enemies of God flee? Where can they go to escape his awful judgment? What shelter is there from the Lord's wrath? Only the refuge of Jesus Christ. But the enemies of God won't go there. Then he says, you shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and the fire shall devour them. Jesus said, they shall be cast into a furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Speaking of this verse, Charles Spurgeon said, Never tolerate slight thoughts of hell, or you will soon have low thoughts of sin. The hell of sinners must be fearful beyond all conception, or such language as the present would not be used. David writes, Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men. You think what the person who is godless, the person whose hope is in this world, gives to their offspring, their children. And all they can do is just give them the things of this world, but they have not given them righteousness, and therefore their offspring shall also be destroyed from the earth. For they intended evil against you. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. Now, on Sundays, we've been teaching through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are in this area where the Pharisees were continually plotting against Jesus, seeking to kill him. And and God looks at the intention of the heart. So often we just look at the actions, but God looks at the motivations behind the actions. Here David says that these wicked people intended evil against you, against the Lord. And ultimately, that is where the evil intentions are directed against. You know, you might be suffering persecution from people. You might be accused of people for the things that you believe in when you believe in God and you're following his word. But their evil intentions are ultimately against God. Don't take it personally. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. God prevented them from carrying out the evil that they wanted to do. You'll recall that when Satan came before God and God said, have you considered my servant Job? He's blameless. Satan said, well, yeah, because you know, you've surrounded him with a hedge of protection. I can't touch him. And of course, you've given him everything he could ever want, of course. you know. But the thing is, is that God did ultimately let Satan attack Job, but Satan couldn't do anything until God gave him permission. And so here we see that these wicked people tried to plot against God, but they couldn't carry out their actions. Why? Because God wouldn't let them. And I think how many times has God prevented the devices of the evil one coming against us and we never even knew it? Therefore, you will make them turn their back. I think about the many times David went into battle and he had the delight of watching the enemy say, "Uh uh-oh, we're doomed, and turn their back toward David and his men. And they knew that they had him on the run. You will make ready your arrows on your string toward their faces. 
So here, imagine God taking his arrows with his bowstring and just aiming it at the faces of his enemies. You talk about being doomed. Finally, David says, be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. Oh, we could never stop just extolling the Lord for his almighty strength, his goodness, and the fact that he will vanquish all of his enemies. And this does look forward to the time when Jesus will return. We look at a lot of injustice in the world right now. We look at a lot of things that people do many times in the name of God, but they're just evil things. And we wonder, God, how long before you bring justice? Well, God will bring justice, and he will bring his son to return to take care of the enemies of the Lord. And so David says, we rejoice in that, your strength, and we will sing and praise your power. How worthy is God of our praise. Therefore, let us make melody in our hearts. Let us rejoice in his presence. Let us rejoice in his salvation and the fact that he has given us our heart's desires as we have delighted ourselves in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalm 22, where David predicts the sufferings of the Messiah, including his crucifixion. Jesus quoted from this psalm while on the cross. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.